Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Nick Augustine, and I'm here with attorney Mark Scroggins of Rule Scroggins, PLLC, divorce and family law firm in Dallas, serving Dallas and Collin counties. This is the Rule Scroggins Family Law Podcast Series featuring news and information in Texas divorce and family law. Today's show, we're going to talk about getting back to normal after a divorce or family law matter with Mark Scroggins. We're going to talk about adjusting to new ways to keep busy with work, friends, and family. We'll talk about mental health and well-being, the importance of it, and working with a life coach or counselor. We'll talk about creating a game plan for being the best co-parent the world's ever seen, despite some challenges we always face. We're also going to talk about dating again and, of course, approaching that new marriage with or without children and all the other fun complications that can go along with it. Again, the goal on today's program is to talk about getting back on track through and after what can be a challenging time for so many people. Again, I'm here with board-certified in family law attorney Mark Scroggins. He's an aggressive and experienced trial attorney with a sound understanding of business matters that serves him well in family law. He's an accomplished speaker and author who's practiced family law throughout the state of Texas for over 20 years. He's written about family law matters for Texas Lawyer and numerous other periodicals and has spoken about litigation technology before numerous organizations and corporate clients. Mark Scroggins has a unique background in cutting-edge litigation technology, which is utilized by his entire firm to increase the benefit to litigation clients. By way of general disclaimer, this is a general information program. This program is not intended to be legal advice. Listening to this program does not create attorney-client relationships. For more information, please call Rule Scroggins directly to speak to an attorney by dialing 214-578-0941. Again, 214-578-0941. All rights to this broadcast are reserved. It's time to say good morning to Mark Scroggins. Hey, Nick. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, how are you today? Uh, what's What's new over there at Rule Scroggins? Uh, I'm busy with trials. It seems like the entire world I know is in the middle of final trials right before, uh, you know, the, the holiday weekend here. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. I've been in court a lot this week. Luckily, uh, I am not today or tomorrow. I've actually uh, got to prepare for being in Odessa next week. But, uh, you know, aside from that, it's just uh, another <laughs> another day in the life, man. That's about What it. are you going to Odessa for, Put work or pleasure? No, no, it is work. It is work. We've got a, uh, you know, here's, it, it kind of feeds into to what we're talking about, how to get to normal. And, you know, you, you brought up the issue of co-parenting. We, th- there's a case out there where, you know, represent uh, a woman and uh, the other side has filed a, a motion to modify or a petition to modify. And it's something where they've lived in Denton County now for uh, four years, something like that, which means it's a mandatory transfer of the case. Okay. There's no reason to fight about anything. It just, it is, that's what the statute says. 
But instead of that, you know, her ex-husband's being a jackass and apparently has a lawyer to match who won't return calls and do stuff like that. So we're going to end up spending thousands of dollars to go out there when there's no purpose of doing that. And that is bad on so many different levels just because, one, it, you know, it causes unnecessary use of money that, that you know, that there's no reason for. Number two, it requires you to get into that emotional bank as well and make a withdrawal when there's no reason to do that. And so, you know, instead people take things to a different level than what it needs to be, which is I, I find very disappointing. And I, you know, as you know, nobody likes a good old street fight in the courtroom better than me. But there's a time and a place for it, man. <laughs> you, know, you don't need to take it there, you know, over something stupid. And, uh, you know, that's just ridiculous in my opinion. Well, some people are, are you know, they're bent on fighting and, you know, I will, they will, you know, they spend uh, $40,000 to prevent them from getting the $40 uh, toaster. Um, you know, there's uh, people, I know, how many times have I seen uh, this one case, a woman went out of her way to fight to make sure that she got the boat. Now, mind you, she had no interest in the boat, had never been on the boat, wouldn't have any idea how to start the boat. She just wanted him not to have that boat. You know, so sometimes, you know, these things happen, and uh, whether uh, the case is something that can be reasonably agreeable, um, you know, people sometimes maybe get into big battles over, uh, you know, things early on and maybe at the temporary order stage or whatnot, and they kind of start to find out that uh, this could be really painful uh, to go long term, and we've got an ornery judge who's not happy with us, so let's be amicable. So maybe the thing settled out, you know, and uh, we walked away from divorce <laughs> or the family law case and things were okay. Now it's time to get back on track. And, right. you know, major life event, divorce, marriage, these are all qualifying in the, the major life events category and the, the major stressor categories. So right. uh, work can suffer, personal relationships suffer. I'm sure it's, it's, you know, people spend a while saying, hi, you know, you can talk to me again. My divorce is over. I can talk about other things now. So, uh, you know, as we sort of start to realize that we're uh, going back into a world that, you know, with all the rest of our neighbors and friends uh, have not been going through divorce, um, how do we talk to them again? So that's what we're uh, trying to get to today. So um, what are some tips that you tell clients or that you have uh, for, you know, working with, you know, keeping busy with readjusting with work, of course, friends and family. Now, you know, family, that can be uh, our, our family that we're retaining from, uh, you know, the, the divorce. So sometimes people are still friends with the in-laws, all sorts of things. But um, what are some first steps? in uh, reentering the world? Well, you know, one of the things I always suggest to my clients is that, you know, the use of uh, mental health experts, counselors, um, you know, divorce workshops, uh, divorce recovery groups are excellent. Um, you know, the studies show that it takes someone typically 15 months to two years to get over you know, to really get over a divorce. And I would tend to think that it's closer to the two-year mark. And, of course, that, you know, it, that's just a general rule. It, it all depends on the length of the marriage, you know, and what the issues were. Did you want the divorce? Did you not want the divorce? Was it amicable? Was it filled with acrimony? I mean, you know, how did it go, okay? So understanding that 
it takes a while to get over it, okay? Even if you wanted it, it takes a while to get over it. And, you know, you need to learn how to be able to set certain boundaries with family and with your friends. Um, And that's one of the things, you know, in using a a counselor, whether it's a a licensed professional counselor, whether it's a pastor, whether it's a a psychologist, uh, or whether it's a psychiatrist, um, you know, you need to learn that, you know, you don't want to just be talking to your family and friends about what's going on in your divorce because people get tired of it. You know, they get tired of it and they don't want, they tend to pull back because you're, you know, you're not respecting boundaries that they have placed. But you need to kind of, working with a professional to help you get over things is something that is that is really good. And that's where the divorce recovery groups can also be very helpful because then you realize that, you know, you're not the only only person going through this. And you know that anyway, but when you are able to sit there with other people that are going through the same emotions that you are and the roller coaster of emotions, you know, that can be a good thing and comforting. And then it allows you to work through, you know, everything that is involved with that. So those are really good things that I strongly recommend uh, to clients. And, you know, and if you are, it's normal, you know, people have, uh, a lot of people will, will have some depression issues coming out of it, situational depression. You know, go talk to a psychiatrist uh, about what's going on. I mean, you know, depression is something that shouldn't be tinkered with. It is, it is a scary disease. I mean, you can, all you have to do is read the paper, you know, read the Dallas Morning News over here, and you can see Susan Hawk, our DA, you know, is in treatment again. You know, so it, it's not something to be trifled with. And a lot of time going and talking to a psychiatrist who can, you know, who is trained in dealing with this type of thing, who can assess what level of depression you are suffering from. Is it something that would just benefit from therapy? Is it something that, you know, you need to take an antidepressant for a little bit of time? Those are all okay. Those are all okay. And it doesn't mean you're going to be on something forever, that you're going to need to go to counseling forever. It means that you're going to need to do this for a little bit of time to assist you in working through the process. And that's all, that's all it is. It doesn't mean you're crazy. It means you're normal. No. And, uh, you know, like you said, depression and some of these, it's much better, much better to go and get a prescription for something to uh, help ease the nerves than to self-medicate. You know, you see a lot of people potentially developing substance abuse problems in connection with how they choose to deal with their stresses. Yeah, that's, that's huge. That's, that's common. And I mean, you know, I've been doing this for over 20 years and I got divorced back in 2003 and, you know, I had made the decision. That's what I wanted to do. I knew it was the right decision, you know, and it still emotionally whipped my ass. Absolutely did, you know? And so I took advantage of just what I've been talking about to assist me in getting through it. So I can only imagine the emotional tumult that someone goes through when it's not what they wanted and they have a long drawn out, heavily litigated divorce. I mean, it's just, it's rough. And these people that kind of have the, you know, 1950s mentality, like what my dad had, which is, uh, you know, rub dirt on it or, you know, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Right. (laughs) You know, that just, that doesn't work. It just doesn't work. So, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it, that, it, that, it, 
you you sort of look at people who have been through we have there's like different uh, several different types of people in the world there's people who are serial marriage and divorce people and they've they're on number 5 or 6 and they just right. love the thrill of the hunt and then the I mean there's something just animalistic about it then there's the people who uh you know got get divorced or get married too quickly for the wrong reasons and then say oh no I've made a mistake and they, you know, correct or try to run from the mistake. Um, and you've got people who married, you know, thinking they were going to be together forever, and they absolutely will. I've I've had friends like this where the one of my friend's mothers, um, all she could talk about. I mean, it's been twelve, fifteen years, and it's like the band-aid just got ripped off yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. So I suppose you've got so you've got all sorts of different personalities out there. And what I find interesting um, over the probably 20 years I've been ex- exposed dealing with uh, divorce and divorce law uh, is the you've got a mixture between like some of these different personality types getting married to other people along the way. And, um, you know, you could get married to someone. And I mean, if you get married too quick, how do you really even know this person? So you could get wrapped up in a whole uh, mess uh, that, you know, you could <laughs> talk about people being victims out there. Um, so, and I'm sure that these life coaches and counselors have seen so many different types of situations that they know the, you know, the magic words to help people calm down uh, because it can, when these, when stress hits so bad, we don't realize it takes control over us and we could be making really poor decisions thinking we're doing the right things. Well, that's right. And I mean, that's why, you know, I also mentioned that time frame of 15 to 24 months. I mean, you know, you know what you're talking about, about getting married too quick. I mean, rebound marriages are commonplace. You know, someone gets divorced and they meet somebody else and, you know, they, they think they're great looking and, you know, all of a sudden they're having sex with somebody else and the sex is great. And it's just, Oh my God. And they're everything totally the other person was in. Spouse. Right. Yeah. And say, you know, think this person is totally different from my spouse and you know, this is going to be different. But the fact of the matter is they don't have any idea. It's just something different. And so they gravitate towards it. And if you haven't worked through <laughs> the issues that were, um, you know, that were involved in the marriage that failed, you know, you're pretty much doomed to failure because the statistics are not good um, with, you know, every success, every successive divorce, the, the divorce, or I'm sorry, every successive marriage, the divorce rate is higher, you know? So first, you know, first marriages might be, you know, in the forties, the second marriages are in the low sixties, third marriages are in the seventies, you know? So you figure, you know, if you've got a Larry King like client, you know, that's an annuity. You know, if you're a divorce attorney, and that's great for you, but God, <laughs> man, that's just you know, that's just misery happening over and over and over again. Too funny. So well, let me throw let me throw this wrench at you. What about the situation where we've got someone who is getting divorced because there's a paramour involved and they're leaving uh-huh. them for someone else? What do you tell them? Oh, just go ahead and keep dating for two years. Yeah, that that's is a uh, tough one. Well, you know, <laughs> I have seen very few, um, very few situations where someone gets divorced and then marries the girlfriend or marries the boyfriend that they're having an affair with during their first marriage, that that marriage actually works out. 
because it is it is built on an affair. So generally, there's a whole nother level of distrust then that surfaces once once they end up getting married because you know what they start thinking or they hear it from you know their friends if you know if he cheated on his wife with you what makes you think he isn't going to cheat on you with somebody else and vice versa you know what and the logic is solid on that <laughs> you know if if the if the vows you took did not mean enough for you to stay away from infidelity during your first marriage, I don't know that, you know, it gets any better second time around. You know, that's, frankly, that's, you know, that's the reason that there's, that's one of the reasons there's the ability to get divorced. You know, if it didn't work and, you know, just hold on, get a divorce, and then you can go do whatever the hell you want for as long as you want to whoever you want once that's over. But, you know, doing it during the marriage, you know, not only is it, is it incredibly harmful to your spouse, but these things are not, te- you know, this is not just stuff that happens in a vacuum. If you have kids, the kids are going to know about it, which is going to create problems for you. And that tends where you talked about a Band-Aid that just got ripped off, you know, 15 years later. That's the kind of thing that tends to, you know, keep animosity, huge amounts of animosity between the parties forever. You know, and that's just, it's a bad situation. You know, some people some people thrive on that, and it fuels them, and it's the reason they get up in the morning to fight. But others just, you know, are collateral damage in the whole thing. And I think it's important to note, um, as we're talking about this concept of getting back to normal after divorce, mm-hmm. it's I've I've I don't think that. Um, I don't think both parties want the divorce equally. One person wants a divorce, and oftentimes there's another who would actually like to stay married or would like to uh, try to work it out. And if anything, they'll say they want to be divorced because it's either easier to acquiesce to uh, the concept of I can't control the situation and it's going to happen with or without me. Um, so you've always, you're going to have someone who is going to be a little bit burned there and may still love that person who is, you know, being venomous and everything else in the whole process and, and left them. So, you know, for some, the, they might end up leaving and walking away with the sense of, I got what I want. I put the screws of that person. You might have another person who still loves the person who just divorced them. Um, and that can be very tragic. Yeah, and I think that's that's common as well. I mean, it it is very rare. I think that you know both parties have the same desire for for divorce equally. Typically, you um, typically you have one who uh, you know either either flat out doesn't want it or you know might be willing to to work at it. And uh, but but it is definitely more common that you've got one person, one party who wants it, who wants it less, who is just, um, you know, the other party for whatever reason has just checked out. They're just, they're just done. And, uh, you know, they don't have any interest in, in trying to work through the issues, whatever they are, no matter, you know, what the other person says and, uh, dealing with that, that type of rejection, especially if you've had the mindset of, you know, it's, the two of us together making our way in the world is, is a hard one to swallow. 
Well, and not only the two of them making their way in the world, there's so much more family involved when um, we have a longer marriage and we've got kids and there's grandparents and a whole team of people. So there's a lot of split relationships. And let's talk about kids for a minute because Mm -hmm. there's a desire to do what's best for the children, uh, what's in their best interest, and there's so much more these days than there were in years past about being a good co-parent. There's a lot of mental health people who have a focus in that area. Um, You know, there's, uh, you know, people, the suggestion of co-parents, you know, bringing the kids together and everyone going bowling with your, some people are friends with their ex. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, I guess like step one is creating a game plan. How am I going to do this? Um, you know, so how do you approach? How do you suggest that someone, uh, you know, say they're you know they're done with their 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 divorce, they've got their uh, their parenting their co-parenting plan uh, in place, but they've got to get psyched up for doing this. What are some of the things that you suggest to people? Well, there there are a couple different things here. Okay, one, understand that time is the great healer. Okay, so people are going to uh, be rougher with, with one another, you know, during the, during the divorce and shortly after, okay, because typically they're, um, you know, the, the emotions are just rougher. You know, it's, it's a raw situation. The other thing I will, I will tell people is you need to make sure that you understand that the focus is the kids. The focus is not you and your ex-spouse. So you need to try to be thinking Rather than what is the most convenient for me and what do I want, you need to think about what is in the kid's best interest, you know. And along with that, one of the things I try to think about is how big a deal is it really? So your ex-spouse says, hey, can we switch weekends? I've got family coming in or we want to go here. There are some people that are just going to say, no, we've got an order and we're sticking by the order, you know, and there's no reason to do that. You know, if, if there's the ability to make something like that happen where it's going to be a good experience for the kids, you know, make it happen. Get out of the way. Quit being an obstacle because you're doing harm to the kids. You're not doing, you know, doing the harm you think to your former spouse, but you are harming those kids in doing that. Okay. So that's something that is, I think, you know, really, really important uh, to think about. If you can keep the focus there, then you know, that makes it a whole lot easier. Now, the other thing where you're talking about, you know, getting together and doing different things, that may work for you. That may not work for you. It depends on what the situation is. You know, what was there a lot of infidelity? Was there emotional abuse? Was there physical abuse? You know, so, so there are a whole bunch of things there. So what I tell people in that situation is remember that you do not have to put yourself in harm's way. That means physically, obviously, or emotionally, if you're just not at that place, okay, where, you know, you want to pull a Bruce Willis and Demi Moore and go on a vacation together with your new spouses and the kids, well, by all <laughs> means, don't do that, you know, and most people don't. Um, the, the goal should be that, let's say, if your kids are in sports, that at some point, you and your former spouse can sit on the bench together and talk and enjoy your progeny and how well he or she is doing in their respective events. Okay. Because it's about the kids. You still, you know, y'all loved each other at one point, or even if you didn't love each other, you know, y'all, y'all liked each other enough to have a kid. And so you now have responsibilities. So get over yourself 
and do what is the right thing for the kids. Especially where, as parents, you know, children only have one set of parents to look up to. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, they, the, you know, mom and dad are the, are the end all be all greatest people in the world to so many kids for, you know, until a certain point where they start, uh, you know, maybe getting in college or beyond. And then they start being critical of mom and dad. But, you know, while they're kids, they look up to you so much. And the, how you act in a co parenting situation seems to me to set the tone for those kids' abilities to have good lives and relationships in the future. It absolutely does. It absolutely does. And one thing that is very important, you know, we were talking about the dating stuff a little bit. You know, if you're dating someone and you're getting serious with them, you know, you've got to have, you've got to have real serious conversations with them, um, you know, about parenting stuff. Uh, you know, do they have kids the same age as your kids? Do they have kids at all? Um, uh, if they, you know, what role do they believe they should pa- play in you know, raising, raising your kids. I mean, these are all hot buttons and there's not one, um, one right answer on these things, but I mean, you sure as hell cannot have a step parent trying to come in and take the place of a biological parent. You do that and you will create all kinds of problems for your kids and for you. And I guarantee you, you get in front of a judge and they find that the step parent is the catalyst for the problems you know, the, the, the judge is likely to do some very, make a very draconian ruling as it relates to that step parent. As a matter of fact, I can tell you, I tried a case, I guess it was probably four years ago in, uh, in Denton County. And uh, I represented mom and uh, it was the new stepmother that was, was the problem. And we tried this thing for, I guess, three days. Um, and we'd had a, a couple day temporary order hearing twice, three times, I'm sorry, before that. And through the course of that was able to, uh, was able to show the court that this woman was, was really the cause of, of the problems. And at the end of the trial, the court made the ruling that she was not, not allowed to be alone with any of these kids. She could only be alone or she could only be with the kids in the presence of her husband. She wasn't allowed to call or text the kids unless there was an emergency. So the courts really don't like it when you've got someone coming in, you know, that they're all of a sudden going to run the roost, you know, it just, it doesn't work well. So if you want to have a second or third or fourth or Larry King type marriage situation later, you want it to work. You really better make sure that y'all are on the same page as far as, you know, the co-parenting. And in addition to that, you know, don't go introducing your kids to whoever the flavor of the week is. You know, oh, introduce your kids. me nuts when people do that. Hey, you know, I've had friends that have done that and said, well, you know, they're old enough. They should understand that. I'm like, man, you're damaging them. And, you know, I said, I can, I can rattle off the studies if you want to see, see that kind of stuff. And I'll give you an example. I, was, uh, I got remarried uh, a couple years ago. Over the 11 years that I was divorced, my daughter, who is now 18 and graduating from high school, met three women that I dated in 11 years, two of which, one who is my, my wife now, another woman that I was, well, and two other women that I was very serious with. And, you know, one of them broke, uh, didn't work because, you know, she and my daughter were like, uh, you know, oil and water. And the other turned into a long distance thing that didn't make it. But you got to make sure that your kids can get along with the person you're going to be with. If they don't, 
you know, you need to think about what, uh, <laughs> what your priorities are, you know, so there's, well, there, are, there are a lot of moving, moving parts in these things. You know, there's an interesting thing with, uh, you know, how many bites at the apple you get and, you know, if you uh, get married the first time, you didn't work out, you realize you weren't good at being married, maybe you fix it, you know, do try again. I guess you can get married and divorced as many times as you like, but you only have one bite at the apple at raising a healthy children in the children's best interest. So, uh, again, you know, I can't, you know, reinforce what you're saying enough about, you know, not, you know, rushing into things and, uh, you know, it takes a, and even though those kids might seem fine and say, "Oh, I'm fine," they may be uh, coping their own ways and withdrawn. And you know, who knows what can happen? So life well, are messy. You know, people another, are messy. Well, and another part, you know, that people just don't think about as much is kids see everything. They see everything, so that's when you know if they observe. You know, here, here's one of the things that, you know, I think I have always been respectful with the people that, with the people that I date and are dated before I get married. And, and my daughter sees how I treat, treat my wife, and she can see how in love we are and how we treat each other. And that's a fantastic uh, thing for her to see because that's what teaches her how a relationship should be. You know, same thing, you know, with on her mother's side, Okay. Now, if you're one of these people who is, you know, let's say if you're, you're a guy who is, you know, got a different flavor of the week and is introduced, you know, your kids see this, you know, then your kids are learning from that and thinking that is what's mm-hmm. normal. Right. You know, and that's not an example that you want to you wanna provide. So you need to think a little bit. You know, you are setting an example. And what you think your kids don't see, you're fooling yourself because they see all of it. They see all of it. And so if then you get worried that, you know, Junior here is dating everybody under the sun, you know, and can't seem to settle down because seems to have commitment issues, well, maybe you look at yourself in the mirror <laughs> and get an idea where some of that comes. I learned it by watching you, you know, exactly. That's right. Like it's like the, yeah, it's like the, you know, the weed commercial there, you know. <laughs> Where'd you learn to do this? I learned Where'd it by you watching learn you, that? okay? Where'd you, you know, get this? I got it from you, thing, Dad. Man. Right, exactly. Too funny, too I raised funny. your supply. <laughs> right, <laughs> that happens, you know. Right. Uh, wow. And next time, well, that's a, that's a whole nother that. that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> you know? That's right. Anyhow, we're about out of time, but Mark, I want to thank you for your time and talking about season. These are really important issues, you know. We also also we seem to focus a lot on the whole process of getting divorced and uh, family law and all that, but really uh, rehabilitating the person afterwards so so important. If anybody has questions about this or maybe wants a, a referral for a counselor or help or whatnot or continue the dialogue, what's a good way for folks to get a hold of you you know anybody can email me at mark at com, or you can call me at the office 214-578-0941 all right well you have a fun trip to odessa and uh well i'll write you soon sounds good thanks nick y'all have a great weekend all right all right bye-bye Bye-bye. mark okay round two name something that's not boring Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, only prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.